Staying Alive in Paragliding, a podcast series with your host, Steph Juncker from Cape Town, South Africa, the owner of Parapax Tandem Paragliding and a competition pilot of 23 years. Real podcasts for real pilots to learn from, to laugh at, and to enjoy the funny and crazy stories that go with it. Today we travel to Fethiye in Turkey, where a man is taking a little holiday, an extended holiday it seems, and that would be my wonderful friend Shaheen Fala, who I had the great pleasure of meeting many years ago at a competition in Kayseri in Turkey. Well, we became firm friends when I was asking all the Iranian girls, because there was a contingent of them, uh, for some lipstick and some makeup to wear with my leopard print tights that is pretty much all I was wearing on that day for a crazy moment of flying. Hi, Shaheen, how are you doing? Hello, sir. fine, thank you very much. I'm so fine. As you said, I'm in Turkey, Fethiye. And actually, in this period of quarantine, I spend my time here with my family beside the Mediterranean Sea. Wonderful. And you've been at an APPI master instructor's course. You've been giving these things. You've been traveling around doing that. You are from Tehran, which is one big parking lot. There is such crazy traffic in your city. I had the wonderful pleasure of just under a year and a half ago coming to Iran on your constant invitation, which was just brilliant to travel. Um, My plan, of course, was to travel from Iran, overland, through Azerbaijan, Armenia, and Georgia. I never visited those other three countries because as you arrived, um, as I had arrived, you uh, told me, when you arrive, just give this telephone number to any taxi driver and tell them to phone. And I managed with hands and feet to do that because they didn't speak a word of English. You explained to them in the best party that they should bring me to your apartment. And even on the way, because of Tehran being such a big parking lot and everything being so obscure and kind of, I wouldn't say old style, but absolutely normal style. Um, I found Iran very, very different to Saudi. Uh, For example, one of your very contentious arch enemies um, in that in Saudi, everybody seems to live like princes and live really well. Meanwhile, in Iran, everybody's normal and down to earth. And you have absolutely wonderful hospitality, food, and brilliant traveling. Most beautiful, beautiful travels I had in the three weeks you convinced me to stay. And the story actually goes that you, on arrival, said, oh, I've signed you up for the Iranian national, Steph, and you are staying here for that. Talk to me. Tell me about Iran today. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Actually, it was a great pleasure to have you uh, in Iran. Yeah, of course, as you said, and as other... Uh, mega cities in the world. Yeah, Tehran is very <coughs> big and busy. And actually, not a good place to live, but um, the other part of Iran, as you know, the Iran is so big, uh, too many cities, too many places to uh, travel. And uh, it's a very fantastic destination for the flying, actually for um, cross-country and acrobacy too. Uh, about acrobacy, we use winch systems beside the Caspian Sea in the north and uh, uh, beside the Persian Gulf in the, uh, in the south. We go to the north in a spring and summer and uh, the start of the atom. 
and we go to the south to doing RSIV courses and acrobatic uh, exercises uh, in the winter so the, to the south. And about the cross country, um, as you know, um, the the record uh, just broken this season. Actually, the last season, uh, the flight was something like like four four hundred twenty kilometers in eight hours by Ali Reza. Wow! I didn't even know of his record. Four hundred and twenty yeah. kilometers in Iran. Yes, Fantastic. yes. I start from uh, from Kermanshah. Actually, the little bit western part of the race, which we compete uh, uh, with you in a, in a competition, and it's he, he just goes to he just went to near to the to the Com city, and you can check the uh, track log in a contest. Yeah. Wonderful. We'll certainly go and look that up. Yeah, Mohammed Semanyi was absolutely inviting me many, many times to come to Isfahan and do this wonderful big six and 7,000 meter altitude, easy climbs. Um, of course, I was really nervous before I went to Iran, both for everybody saying, don't go to Iran, are you crazy? It's so unsafe. And my answer to that is absolute bullshit. It is such a safe country. Business as usual every day. Uh, it's like the Iranians are completely isolated from the rest of the world and living in their wonderful, wonderful world. Um, cheap as chips. I could not believe that for oh, yeah. less than one US dollar, you could eat um, to your heart's content. You could sleep for just over a US dollar. And uh, traveling with a um, taxi for 300 kilometers cost me 20 US dollars. Just, just crazy. It was so, so cheap. Um, and everybody living normally in your country, which is very nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. As you said, it's, it's very cheap for the, for the foreigners. And you can enjoy the food, actually, Iranian cuisine. Uh, many people just like this, this kind of cuisine. And um, as 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 you like, I think I certainly did. The food was extremely varied. It was uh, you could eat something very different every day of all different styles. Um, very beautiful, fresh products and fruits and nuts and dried fruits and all sorts of different spices, spices um, the likes of which I've never seen or heard of before. Um, and you guys, that's just part of your daily cooking. Um, really fantastic. I mean, it wasn't like you had to have to look very far to find a place to eat either. Um, around every corner seems to be a little open restaurant with the absolute hospitality. I don't know if you remember the one night I managed to just in a local eatery invite 10 of you um, to eat, but um, all of you were complaining bitterly that me as the guest was paying for that and it was just like <laughs> not done whatsoever. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> So uh, let me get it right. In the north, which um, uh, Tehran is just on the southern side of a mountain range, which um, basically would be the dam or retaining wall for the Caspian Sea, you have a thin strip of land on the northern side of that range. So you basically drive up and over some beautiful mountains to get to a paradise of flying. That's your place that's quite close to you in Tehran. And then down in the south, are you winching there to do the SIVs? Yeah, in a in a north of north part of uh, Iran, actually we drive something like three hours uh, to the north part beside the Caspian Sea. Uh, the this part of Iran is um, green, 
and uh, it's not like a desert it's a jungle and it's green and uh, then we use uh, this place the Caspian Sea uh, to doing RSI courses as I said before and most of your country as I experienced it is very dry so you do have an oasis you have a kind of very green place then the next thing uh, you have places that are um, unbelievably beautiful mixed with a kind of a rock and a sand uh, scenery that reminded me of somewhere between Namibia. You mix an oasis with the desert. Kermanshah, Isfahan, Yazd, Shiraz, all of those places have got to be checked out. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. There is, there is a t- too, many, too many places with a different uh, environment in a different looking places. It's, it's, it's a very huge country and uh, the potential of doing traveling is, is very high. Very, very high. I mean, um, of course, everybody was warning me, don't go to Iran. Whatever you do, you're going to be, whatever it is, uh, arrested forward slash uh, taken by some kind of military group. I arrived and I never found such peace. Everybody helpful, everybody going out of their way to show you a great place to stay, um, introducing you to this person and that person. It's as if you guys are hungry for people to come and visit you. Let me ask you this question again, like I asked it just before I traveled to your country. Could I get on a plane? Let's say uh, we didn't have Corona going on at the moment. Could I get on a plane right now, fly to Tehran, do the business, uh, do the visa on arrival and travel freely in your country again? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. You can do it easily. Except some some countries, which guys from that countries should do their visa business in in their own uh, country. The other countries mm-hmm. uh, citizens can just travel to the country to Iran and take the passport, uh, take the visa in the airport, and just enter the country. Yeah, so easy, so easy, and so beautiful. Um, some of the mosaics, some of the um, the porcelain work, some of the mosques that I visited were just out of this world beautiful. Really something to see. Let's talk about your APPI instructing. What is it to be a master instructor? How do you become that? And uh, what does that give you as a credit? What do you teach people? Do you teach, if I'm not mistaken, instructors to be better instructors? Yeah, actually, I went to the APPI system which is a Swiss system and made with a, uh, some some Swiss guys David Arafat in 2009 I just enter uh, this system as an instructor at 2012 and then uh, we starting to progress and then uh, last year I become a master actually a system which just growing in uh, something like 140 uh, 130 countries we have schools, APPI has schools in 85 countries. And the idea and philosophy is to have a system, educa- educational system all around the world, actually like uh, faraway places, like Nepal, like India, like, um, like Iran, like Colombia, which there is no paragliding system in them, like Europe. And to be sure that these guys, these pilots, these instructors, just have a minimum level to do this sport like in a, in a secure way. And my job as a master instructor is to create some pro workshops for the instructors, for the tandem pilots, for the professionals in this sport 
to become a API uh, tandem pilot and instructor. We hold um, tandem pro workshops in seven days. Uh, we have some systems. We have so, we have some uh, interesting methods. For example, the method for for the checking the trim angle of the glider with a, a ruler and a mobile phone, and that will help people to to measure the the trim angle of the glider to be sure that it's safe to fly with the, with certain glider. And actually, we have other. We are just teaching the guys other tests, like a breakage strength test of the line. We just introduced the different uh, type of the lines, families, and we talk about a whole, the old things. Just a pilot should know to do this sport in a safe way, and also in a remote place. So, if I'm not mistaken, um, what I'm understanding, and it's super interesting is what you are teaching people to be kind of outside of the European uh, realm where they can just pop over to a Czech shop, to one of the big workshops, and to say, hey, hi, guys, um, here we are, uh, check my glider. Now people will be able to kind of measure with a ruler and a cell phone themselves, which is extremely useful. I mean, if I see how often some of the tandem pilots in Cape Town are, are not trimming their gliders, uh there is no uh, actually repairing centers uh, in the far away countries it will be dangerous to fly with all they don't know about families of the lines like uh, what will happen sheeted kevlar what will happen for the unsheeted kevlar dynamos after aging there is no test centers so the appi just give a method a simple method which uh, just invented by manu the head of com- uh, educational committee of APPI mm-hmm. with a simple ruler, do it by uh, Excel file. Yeah, fantastic. So real simple. Where are APPI's headquarters? Actually, the headquarter is the in, in Switzerland. The masters are all around the world, so you can ask any questions from the or masters all around the world, and they can just easily answer you or you can go to the website appifly.org and you can read all about the the, um, the things you want to know that sounds fantastic now you fly a boomerang 11 um my question to you is are you happy with that glider what was your first glider and what was your worst glider that you've ever flown actually um, yeah i'm very happy with the boomerang uh, family Actually, um, I'm just easy. I'm, I I had Boomerang 10, and after that, I just jumped on the Enzo family, Enzo 2, and then came back to the Boomerang 11. Yeah, I'm very happy with it. Um, it, it it's, it's, I think it's easier for me. I don't know, maybe it's a mental thing to, to fly with a Boomerang family. Uh, rather than the <laughs> Enzo ones. Exactly. It seems to be a big kind of competitive thing with Enzo and Boomerang. Now Flow and Nivuik are back in the market and um, uh, trying to also give some gas in the competition scene. What is the worst glider you've ever flown? Uh, I couldn't say anything about it. And i rather <laughs> not to say anything about it, but uh, let me... Speak about the fellow, yeah, of course, the fellow. 
uh, the, the gliders are competitive and um, also I think uh, the new brand from the South Korea, the Da Vinci gliders, the, I think they will be they will they will have a competitive glider too. But about this coronavirus, uh, I think the Gene and Enzo, uh, Gene and uh, Ozone companies just stopped releasing the next generation of the competition wings. And um, it's a big sadness for the 777 and actually uh, the New York, uh, the companies which prepare their uh, competition gliders to release in this season. Of course, and uh, the timing of Corona was never a good thing. I mean, it uh, came uh, upon us like a ton of bricks. No one expected this to arrive. No one saw this thing coming. Um, I mean, I was looking to buy my uh, next competition glider. I was all excited for what was coming out. Of course, we were all holding our breath from the two new releases from uh, Ozone and Jin, who uh, were keeping things very, very quiet and probably standing back watching who's going to do what first, uh, um, much like guys holding a gun in the Wild West, um, thinking who's going to draw their gun first. That's the feeling I got. What do you think of that? Yeah, actually, uh, my thinking about the coronavirus and its effect on uh, the paragliding world, uh, actually for the manufacturers, it will be really sad for many of them because if it just go on something like three or four months, more than three and four months, then uh, we'll see very small companies will uh, will just stop their uh, activities. I just wonder maybe uh, the very big companies just become like them and stop uh, the company. Uh, the consequences for the for the pilots actually, I think uh, the people are just going to be um, poor. And it will be it it it's it will not uh, easy actually it's not easy to buy a glider in this um, in this uh, situation. So the people just going to and rather using their old gliders. And the only thing they should consider is that using the old gliders. They need to check about the about the many things of gliders like like the lines. Um, have you got a funny or crazy story to tell us about paragliding or about Iran, Shaheen? Yeah, there's too many things uh, I can say about Iran, but <laughs> I'd rather not to say, but um, let me tell you about my crazy touchdown in a snow in a, in a Swiss mountain. Uh, in, uh, all, uh, <laughs> in a 2015 Swiss Open, I just got a collapse, and then I was in a situation. I stalled my glider, and the altitude. I was too close to the ridge, and then I preferred to exit uh, from the um, quicker stall and just touch the snow. And then I just really packed my glider fastly because um, there were some some gliders uh, upon my head. And I just scared they maybe called the helicopter to come and pick me. And as you know, because of the sanctions, none of the none of Iranian pilots can buy insurance. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it's another crazy thing about us. So then I just tried to took off again. It was a um, takeoff on a snow and with a 
Kelvin something like five kilometers and the runway just end up with a huge rocks so when I just uh, took off I I screamed something like 13 13 seconds and it was my uh, one of joyful takeoffs in my work in my career well, I can tell you, you're really lucky you got off on that one because uh, I wouldn't have guessed that it managed. Uh, what glider were you flying at the time? Yeah, it was uh, Ice Peak 7 Pro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, those gliders, any of these two liners are not that great for starting in any which shit place. So congratulations on that one. Shaheen Fala, I think we're going to wrap it up right here. Um, I thank you very much for being on the podcast and I look forward to sending the message of Iran far and wide and warm to everybody. Last words by you, please, my friend. Ciao. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much, Steph. Uh, you're always welcome in the country and I hope to uh, see you in the country as soon as possible. What a great podcast, what an interesting man. And if you ever meet Shahin, you will see such a sober, down-to-earth, respectful man. Him and his father, who's a doctor actually in Iran, play the fastest game of backgammon I've ever seen anybody playing before. If you didn't know it and just a piece of useless information, um, backgammon actually originated in Iran after the game of chess was brought down from somewhere where it originated in northern India in the 4th century AD and um, yeah so the queen was presented with the game by the king and the king said what do you think of this game chess and the queen looked at it and had a think and then she said to him well you know it's a little complicated make a simpler game so the game of backgammon was born right there and then in Iran around the wow difficult to say Google it, you will see. Enjoy, everybody. Really, really nice that you're with me. Share it, get out there. And remember, if you do like to give something, you can donate a dollar per podcast is the guide. And that goes directly to my Zimbabwean workers, many of them who really, really have nothing. And that money donated will go to an excellent cause. And I, myself, will check that that money doesn't go astray anyway. It will go directly to people who really need it. That's my kind of ethos in life. Cheers, everybody.